Father's Day is just around the corner. And what better way to show your appreciation than with a cozy and luxurious Minky Couture blanket from our collection. Made with the softest and highest quality materials, our blankets are the perfect gift for the dads who deserve to relax and unwind in style. Whether he's watching the game, reading a book, or simply taking a nap, our blankets will provide the ultimate comfort and warmth. Give the gift of luxury this Father's Day with a Minky Couture blanket. Visit our website at minkycouture.com or head to your nearest store to experience the unmatched comfort and quality of our blankets. Happy Father's Day! Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Welcome to episode 76 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast. This episode is brought to you by Patreon supporters. Thank you. Today's guest is a Patreon supporter. Please welcome Jillian. Hello. Hi. And I forgot to Hi. say that I'm your host, Bethany. So I'm the host. What's up? <laughs> Do you think after 76 episodes, I would have some of this down packed, but nope. Hey, I think everyone knows who you are at this point. So it's fine. <laughs> I'm the podcast person. Exactly. I I'm mean, basically know. Prince Kai Vampod. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to cover chapters 23 and 24. Um, real quick, I forgot to put it on the agenda, but I got two new reviews this week. So, Oh, how exciting. I know. I haven't had a review in a really long time. So I think the last review was like June. So I'm really oh excited my gosh. to... To get new, yeah, everybody go review. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially if you're on iTunes, it's important. Uh, the more reviews we have and the more subscribers we have, the more likely it is for other people to find us. So, and we pause, all <laughs> go review and subscribe, then come back and press play. Okay, welcome yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad because I always want to like review, but I listen on Spotify and there's like not that option. So yes. I'm like, but subscribing still helps. Oh, okay. Well, there's that at least. Yeah. Subscribing helps with downloads. So yay. <laughs> <laughs> so this first review is from Cinder is awesome exclamation point. <laughs> and it says, Best podcast ever. I love Marissa Meyer's Lunar Chronicles series. I normally read fast, so I miss things, but this podcast is great and helps me get things I miss. Five stars. Yay. Yay. Love Round it. Of Round of applause. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> so this next one is from Lovebug613. Says, great podcast with three exclamation points. This is the first podcast I have ever been able to listen to, and it really reels you in. <laughs> I often find myself talking out loud in response to Bethany and her guests, and I absolutely love it. I never read the books before listening to the podcast, so it made me intrigued to listen to the books. I have now listened to the audiobooks three times. I love it. Five stars. <laughs> Yay. Yay. So thank you, Cinder is awesome, and Lovebook613. And if you want to leave a review... Uh, please do so on iTunes, but you can also just go to your Instagram and be like, Hey, everybody go listen to this podcast, uh, which is also super helpful. So feel free to do that and to tag Prince Kaipanpot <laughs> in your post. <laughs> I think a good, like 90% of my listeners find me through Instagram. So yeah, I mean, I found you through Instagram. So. <laughs> 
So let's talk about your relationship with Marissa. Do you remember how you discovered her books and what your favorite book by her is? Oh, gosh. Um, It's kind of a long story. Um, That's fine. We have time, girl. So buckle up. (laughs) Uh, Get ready. (laughs) Buckle up. You're so funny. Um, Okay. Okay. I'm I'm click clicked in. Once upon a time. perfect way to start any story I know right um so I don't know when this was how old I was no idea um but I was like younger than I am now (laughs) um shocker that one I know right (laughs) um so either Cinder had come out or Scarlet had come out like it was relatively a new series um And I was at my friend's house. Um, They're triplets. They're kind of like my book friends. They're the first friends I ever had that like, liked books as much as I did. So, you know, we always talked about books and I was over at their house and they had this book and I was like, what is this? And they were like, oh, well, it's called Cinder. It's about Cinderella, but she's a cyborg. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm not going to read that. <laughs> Bless me. <laughs> I know. I know. I was young and ignorant. I was so and... young. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, just in my head, I was like, it's Cinderella. I know everything that's going to happen. There's no surprises. Like, you know, she goes to a ball, falls in love with the prince, the end. Like, there's no surprises. I'm not interested in this. Um, so, yeah, I was really dumb about that. Um, <laughs> I'd never really read any retellings before. So I didn't know how this whole thing worked. <laughs> so flash forward a couple years. Um, I was a sophomore in college. So, like, not that long ago. Um. And I had this job. Um, I was a receptionist at my mom's office um, while they were like finding a permanent replacement or whatever uh, over the summer. And where was I? (laughs) As I lose my place. Um, And so my mom basically was like, you know, you sit at the desk, you answer phones, it's boring. And she was like, but you can read. I was like, I can. She was like, yes. As long as you have the ability to stop reading and answer the phone when it actually rings. I'm like, okay, might be difficult, but I can do it. So I'm, you know, trying to find books to read. And I remember that there's this fan artist that I've been a fan of forever. Um, it's Viva. I think that's how you say Aviva? it. Aviva? Um, no, it's Viva, like V-V-I-V-A. Maybe another A. Olivia, right? Yes. Yes. Olivia, yes. great, great artist. Go yeah. check it out right now. <laughs> so amazing. So amazing. So I've been like a fan of hers for a long time. And she always drew pictures of these characters from the Lunar Chronicles. And I had no idea what it was, didn't know what it was about. 
I knew there was someone whose name was Thorn, and that was about it. Um, and so I was like, you know what? She really likes these. I need books to read. I'm going to look it up. So I went on the library and I looked up Lunar Chronicles and lo and behold, what pops up but the Cinder book. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I remember this. I was like, am I really going to do this? I was like, you know what? Don't judge a book based off of your preconceptions about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I borrowed it, started reading it and was like, oh, dang. I really like this (laughs) very quickly. Um, And so I devoured the first one, um, immediately got to Scarlet, started reading Scarlet, um, was very confused at first, thought I had picked up the wrong book because it was this new person I didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so this is when the story gets a little sappy and kind of sad but it's okay um so the day that I started Scarlet um it was the summer solstice I will never forget that day um I started Scarlet and I started reading it it was great and that evening um I well I mean my whole family but me Uh, we found out that my brother was, um, quite sick. Um, (laughs) we didn't know it was kind of, it, you know, hit me in the face, wasn't expecting it. It was great. (laughs) Well, it wasn't great, but, um, and so, yeah, that was a huge slap in the face and a huge, like, spiral that happened in my life. And I remember it was like, 3am and I couldn't sleep and so I remember like sitting in my room I was like well I'm not gonna sleep so I picked up Scarlet and started reading it and you know Scarlet and Wolf jumped off the train and were in the forest and ran into Ran and all this stuff and so you know that summer when I read the Lunar Chronicles and all that stuff it was really you know something that I really really needed um it you know got me away from the craziness that was going on in my life at the time and um I remember being in the freezing cold hospital room like with five blankets on me reading Ferris and being like oh my god oh my god I can't believe this is happening um (laughs) um so yeah um not only did I absolutely just fall in love with the series and the characters and everything, but you know, it it really was there for me when I needed it. Really sappy, gross stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I really love these books. So <laughs> that's such a sweet story. That's very similar to like um, Ashley, who's going through a really tough time. When I told her to read these books as a distraction, I was like, these books are really good. You'll get nice and distracted. There's like six books plus two graphic novels. You know, it'll give you <laughs> yeah. it'll give you a rabbit hole for a week. Um, and so she credits these books as helping her get through that stressful time. So I think it's really sweet that you have a similar story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's really great. It's really lovely. And 
yeah i will i will forever love these books with all my heart they were very instrumental um i'm a dork and got a tattoo <gasps> <You> <laughs> did? that's awesome yeah i know it's a really nerdy tattoo it? but it is so um i it's this like symbol thing that i created um which is really dorky they're like three. Is it on your Instagram? It is not um, on my okay. Instagram. I, like, I don't see it. Oh, I'm looking okay. at her Instagram right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, have, I'll send you a picture. Okay, um, yeah, because I want to know what this cool symbol is that you created. <laughs> yeah, so um, pretty much there are three book series that like I credit for like kind of like I don't want to say like shaping who I am, but like kind of shaping who I am. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, Harry Potter practically yeah, raised like, me, so I totally get it. Yeah, well, <laughs> Harry Potter is one of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it was, um, yeah, so the three book series that, you know, meant a lot to me, were there for me when I needed it, um, shaped me and all this stuff. So it's um, Harry Potter for, you know, obvious reasons. Right. Um, and then, uh, Percy Jackson, which I read afterwards, which introduced me to this whole world that I didn't even know existed. And now I'm a classics major. So I literally study and learn (laughs) about everything in Percy Jackson, except like, you know, back in the olden days and not now. Um, and then the Lunar Chronicles. So yeah, that's my tattoo. It's this like Deathly Hollows, but then the circle is the moon, and then the wand is the trident, and yeah, it's it's the whole thing. So I love it. I I would say that, um, probably in terms of like childhood, right? Because I didn't read these until I was in my twenties, but I I do think these books yeah. shaped my personality that I am now, like my twenty to thirty year old person. Because I think your personality changes like frequently um <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but I, I would say like harry potter and meg cabot i read anything meg cabot still do uh, i'm currently rereading the princess <laughs> diary series because i just really felt like i wanted to um and i haven't reread that series yeah i mean they're, they're your comfort series yes, you know <laughs> I, honestly i was looking at the books and i was looking at my tbr pile and i was like oh i never got around to reading the royal wedding which came out a couple years ago and i was like i actually can't remember the last time i read like the first couple of books in this series and i was like you know what the books are like 200 pages a piece i'm doing a reread um, <laughs> but yeah, you can fly through yes. those. <laughs> and then, so like all through high school, anything Meg Cabot, basically anything like contemporary teen was what I read. Um, and then I would also say in high school, a woman named Ellen Conford, um, good luck finding her book. Sorry, I just recommended her. She was basically <laughs> the Meg Cabot of the seventies and eighties. And my library at high school was so old. My town has like 7,000 people in it. The budget's low guys. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, so some of these books were from like 1973, but they're like Meg Cabot, you know, they're contemporary oh, teen. They're like 200 to 300 pages a piece. It's all about like what this girl is going through, what this girl is going through. And as a teen girl, I was like, I also deal with peer pressure, you know? 
And and I also Uh. have crushes on people who don't know I exist. I also have a best friend who gets mad at me. What do I do? Like, I just loved it so much. And I still do reading Princess Diaries. I'm on the second book right now. Um, And rereading it, I'm like, God, this was my whole high school experience was in this book. Like, I genuinely remember avoiding homework, ignoring people. (laughs) I used to sit in class and, like, read my books while people were lecturing. Oh, yeah. Same. (laughs) I usually didn't get in trouble for because I had, as as everyone who listens knows, I just graduated with a 4.0, right? So it might shock you to know that I also had really good grades in high school. (laughs) (laughs) I did, too, so it's fine. (laughs) So... I mean, it's fine. I this is just who I am. I'm a book person. I take a book with me everywhere I go. Yeah, you know, and I read my books. And this weekend, I went and saw my dad and my bonus mom and my bonus grandma, and we had a nice, lovely weekend. We originally went to evacuate the hurricane, but we tried to make the best of it. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, they live in Florida, and we went to all these beautiful places. And I brought my book everywhere. <laughs> Yep, that sounds like me. <laughs> My bonus grandma, you know, they got together when I was like 16. So she's not as familiar with me and my tendencies. But like, obviously, my dad is right. So we're mm-hmm. sitting, we went to this boardwalk place, we we got a couple of drinks, I had a lovely daiquiri. Ooh, it was yummy. delicious. <laughs> grandma Barb was drinking a margarita. All the other oh, yeah. adults were drinking beer. You know, we were just sitting there talking and they started talking about politics, which is a topic as anyone who listens to this podcast knows, I don't like to talk about. Uh, <laughs> so I just pulled out my book and started reading and it took grandma like a good 10 minutes to notice. And my grandma was just like, what are you doing reading that book? And my dad was just like, what else is she gonna do? And I was like, and he's like, I he's like, I bet you anything, there's more in her purse. And Quentin was like, she's only got two books in there today. I was like, well, I do still have my Kindle in there too. So yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> hey, the wonder of technology—you can get a book anywhere you go. <laughs> I know, and I can have it on my phone. Like my dad reads books on his phone all the time because he's a nurse, and so. You know, it's it's uncomfortable to carry a lot of stuff on him, but he's always going to have his phone. So he'll read books on his phone. So, yeah, I just I totally love that concept of like books that shape you and yeah, how attached you can get. And Ellen Conford books, I've never been able to find them at libraries. You can't find them in audiobooks. They're not on ebooks. Um, but oh. a couple of years ago, I discovered something called abebooks.com. And I ordered every single book. They're all used. Some of them are not in the best condition. Uh, (laughs) They were like three or four dollars. And I don't care. I I ordered all of them. I was so happy when they came in. I flat out told my husband, I was like, don't talk to me for two days unless you're bringing food. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's so great that you got them, though. Like, it that was, was like honestly my heart is if I could never find like my favorite books again. Like that's so sad to even. Well, and you know, about. for the longest time, I couldn't even remember who wrote them because you oh, know when no. I was in high school, it didn't occur to me to to keep track of that kind of stuff. You know, I just grabbed a book, read it, put it back. Grabbed a book, read it, put it back. Like you know, I it never occurred to me to keep track of the books I was reading. I just would grab stuff from my library. Um, And there's still plenty of books that I read that I haven't been able to find. And, and, you know, eventually maybe I'll find them. Maybe I'll never will. It's just how life goes. Um, 
But these books held up. I was very happy to read them. Uh, <laughs> I was very happy to have to have finally figured out who the author was. Thank you, Reddit. <laughs> so Reddit is a place, man. <laughs> yes. So that's what I'm currently reading. I'm currently reading the Princess Diary series. It's oh, amazing. Yay. If you haven't read it before, you really should. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I've only seen the movies. I'm sorry. You know what, though? The movies are amazing, today. so it's fine. I, know. I could watch the second one all day. I oh my gosh. Hide it and Hathaway. Yes. They make me so happy. <laughs> I mean, I always say Julie Andrews sliding down on the mattress. Oh, such cinematic a badass, history. right? Cinematic history. It's absolutely. <laughs> well, if you get time, I do suggest you read them because they're very good. On that. <laughs> so what what are you currently reading at the moment? Um, I am reading uh The Hero of the Ages, um, by Brandon Sanderson. Um, it's the last book in the Mistborn trilogy. Um uh before like around when quarantine started, um, I made my friend uh, read the Lunar Chronicles, actually, um, because she had gone to the book signing with me and had never read them. <laughs> um, so I made her read them and she was like, OK, and then you read these. I was like, OK, so I've been reading <laughs> the Mistborn trilogy. I'm on the last one. Really good so far. Recommend it. It's fantasy pretty intense fantasy and I love it. So yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love books like that. And it's so much fun when you get the last book in a series or a new book in a series. Like I remember when winter came out and I was just so happy and, <laughs> you know, same with every Renegades book and Takara's yeah, yeah. coming out soon, which oh my by the way, if you're listening to this, <laughs> And everyone, thank Renegade An- underscore Anarchist on Instagram slash Taylor, depending on how you know her. <laughs> I know I'm that way too. Right? Like, I always call her <laughs> Renegade Anarchist, and I know she has a name. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks to her encouragement and idea, I am going to do a virtual launch party for Instant Karma, which I'm super excited about because I've never done one before. So It'll be a party. Yes. It's going to be on Zoom. <laughs> It's going to be November 3rd at 8 p.m. Central Time, because that's what time I get out of class. And it's going to be for Patreon members, but Patreon is super cheap, y'all. You can join for a dollar, so it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But it's going to be super exciting, so I, I still encourage you to join. And then another Marissa Meyer news, in case anybody on here doesn't have social media and missed it, is she is going on a virtual tour. Yes. I Go to her website to check out more information because I'm not going to read the entire thing here. But in case you don't have social media and you missed her post, she's going on an Instant Karma virtual tour for this month and then a little bit in November as well. Yay. So exciting. I'm excited. I'm so excited. excited. And I I pre-ordered my Instant Karma, which I got really excited about. So there's this bookshop in Delaware, I think, or Maryland or something. Mm -hmm. I should really double check that in (laughs) case people listening want to go check it out. (laughs) It's called Bethany Beach Books. It's not mine, y'all. I really wish it was because that would make me super happy. You have no idea. (laughs) But it's called Bethany Beach Book. It's in Bethany Beach, Delaware. 
and it's amazing. And they are doing a um, a pre-order giveaway. So if you pre-order through them, you are going to get a pink Instant Karma tote bag that oh. says, is it love, hate, or fate? Instant Karma on one side. And then on the other side, it says Prudence and Quint, Nova and Adrian, Kath and Jess, Cinder and Kai. And you'll also get a signed book plate from Marissa Meyer. And it's 20% off if you order through their bookshop. So order through them, Bethany Beach Books, Delaware. Um, and then, you know, also submit your receipt from Bethany Beach Books, Delaware to Fierce Reads so you can get your free enamel pen, which I'm also super excited about. <laughs> so many things to be excited I about. I know, right? Man, just it's the little things, you know? <laughs> I get so excited about stuff like this. Oh yeah. It's just, it's, and, and this is the kind of stuff that's so much fun. This is the kind of stuff that makes podcasting fun. I just bought a bunch of professionally made stickers as in not ones I printed myself, which actually it's cheaper to order them from a professional. (laughs) Go figure. (laughs) So I ordered a bunch of really cool stickers and I'm, you know, setting up, I'm going to send them out to Patreon members in January. So if you join, you'll get stickers along with a bunch of other really cool stuff. Cause I send stuff and do stuff all the time. She does. She's so nice. <laughs> Whenever I get mail, I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're so nice. <laughs> I want to like I do my things back. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, actually, if you want, I love presents, so feel (laughs) free to send anything you want. (laughs) I love getting stuff like that, and I love sending stuff like that. I think it's so much fun to randomly get something in the mail that you weren't expecting, and I love being able to do that for other people, and I love when people do it for me, and I think it's just one way to spread the love. You never know when somebody is going to really need that that letter in the mailbox they weren't expecting. Yeah, agreed. It's it's very much of... It's like a, a hug from afar, you know? It is like a hug from afar. I love <laughs> that. So, yeah. So let's talk about the podcast. Do you remember how you found the podcast? Um, Not entirely. I think I was like <laughs> looking at like a fan art or someone's bookstagram picture of the Lunar Chronicles or something. And, you know, I was like, Oh, how pretty, so cute. And I think I like saw your comment. It was like, hi, like, you know, we have a Lunar Chronicles podcast. I was like, a Lunar Chronicles podcast? I've never listened to a podcast (laughs) before. (laughs) And, you know, it was the summer. I was working, you know, I was listening to audiobooks, music. And I was like, oh, you know, let's try this. So I, you know, went on Spotify and looked it up and started listening. And I loved it. I was like, oh, this is so cute. People love these books just like I do. (laughs) (laughs) We do. (laughs) We really do. And I just loved how it was like chapter by chapter and like going so in depth. I was like, yes, this is like the nerd out that I need in my day. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how I try to get word out about the podcast is I'll see someone post something on Instagram and I'm like, hey, you should check out this Lunar Chronicles podcast as I uh, plug for myself. But 90% of the time, the response is like, what? There's a podcast? How did I not know that? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, 
I've been doing it for a year and a half and Marissa has been on episodes and she's tagged me on Instagram and I'm mentioned on her website. So <laughs> I don't know how nobody knows. <laughs> I had somebody the other day who messaged me and she was like, I've always considered myself the biggest Marissa Meyer fan ever. Like I never thought anybody could be a bigger fan than me. And I feel so silly because I didn't even know there was a podcast about <laughs> it. Like, I was like, well, I'm not competing for biggest fan or anything, but (laughs) (laughs) when I have a podcast about it, (laughs) you have to at least listen to the podcast to be the biggest fan ever. (laughs) Yeah, I just never been in like the podcast world before. Like I knew what it was, but I just never like dipped my toes into it. And now it's like this whole thing that exists that I now know about and Absolutely. And I feel like that's all it takes is you just have to find that one podcast that you love. And then it's like, Ooh, what's another one like this? Ooh, what's another one like this? And then it's just this whole new community that you get to be a part of. Yeah. It's really great though. You know, sometimes I like talk back and then no one responds. I'm like, Oh, I feel silly. Me Um. too. (laughs) Absolutely. All the time. Do not feel bad. Feel free to text me whenever and be like, hey, I'm listening to this episode and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) My sister does that all the time. Hey, Lindsay, she will will message me and be like, I'm listening to this episode. Here's my commentary. (laughs) I thought about messaging you one time. I have no idea what episode it was or what you were talking about or anything. But I remember that you said like 22 and then like at the same time, we both went, ooh, ooh, you know, <laughs> and I was like, oh, because so I funny. love me some Taylor Swift. Right? So I was like, oh, haha, like we both thought the exact same thing. <laughs> yes. I feel like 90% of my vocabulary is book quotes and Taylor Swift quotes because there's just certain things you can't say anymore. You can't just say you need to calm down. You got to be you need to calm exactly, down. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's like a vibe to it. <laughs> you can't just so talk. I do want to tell everyone in case they care. My husband and I had to drive to get to my father's house, which means we were in the car on a road trip. Ooh. So he listened to Scarlet. Yay, audiobooks. <laughs> I love audiobooks. So there's still two hours of the book he hasn't gotten to yet, but he really liked it. Yay. Oh, the last <laughs> two hours. That's like the most intense part. I know. We stopped right when he got hit with the dark. Oh, so, gosh. Um, I told him, I was like, next time we go to Costco, which is about an hour away, I was like, next time we go to Costco, we're listening. Okay. <laughs> he was like, okay. <laughs> but he loves it. He likes Wolf a lot. He- <laughs> He's got the Wolf voice down, so. <laughs> I know, right? We're no offense to Rebecca Solaire, but we got to that part and he was like, I do think I did a better job. I was like, I know, (laughs) but she's not a boy. So give her some credit. (laughs) But yeah. And he, he had the same reaction I did when she shot Wolf. He was like, why don't you shoot the other guy? (laughs) And then he was really upset that they didn't like at least shoot Rand in the knee or something. So he couldn't follow. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. He was like, I understand if you don't want to, like, commit murder, but, like, (laughs) you had no problem shooting your friend, so obviously you're good with a gun. Like, shoot him in the knee, and then he won't follow you. (laughs) Problem solved. And then as soon as Rand showed up in the opera house, he was like, see, should have shot him. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, so funny. Oh, 
funny. I love uh, that. Way. He likes okay. Cinder better than Scarlet. Ooh, teeny. Okay. <laughs> he thinks Scarlet is way too rash. Like <laughs> he doesn't think that she thinks things through, and he said she lacks critical thinking skills. <laughs> I mean, that's it's like. Fair. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, we talked about that a little bit too, because they didn't plan what they would do once they got to the opera house. They just walked in and were like, Hey, is anybody home? (laughs) Like they didn't do any recon. They didn't like sneak in the back door. Like they literally busted in the front door and then was like, hello, you have visitors. So (laughs) (laughs) definitely not like a stealthy operation. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have this friend, the friend who I made read the books. Um, we were, you know, I was like, so how do you feel? And like, you know, (laughs) and then she's like, Oh, I really liked it. I was like, yeah, I know. I was like, you know, you know, like, I'm just like so much like Crest. She's like the first, well, one of the like characters that I've like read that I'm like, yes, like that's me. And then she looked at me, she was like, what are you talking about? You're Scarlet. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> that response alone is a very Scarlet thing to have. I was like, really? She was like, yeah. She was like, maybe not like in public. Maybe in public you're more crest. But around me, at least, you're Scarlet. I was like, oh, okay. She was like, it's not just because you have red hair. You are actually Scarlet. I'm like, wow, okay. My life is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say that um ashley is very scarlet she's very headstrong she's a very tough person i would not mess with ashley you guys okay. <laughs> just a fair warning i'm very happy to have her on my side uh <laughs> but i'm definitely a crest other than the fact that i'm not skilled with technology oh yeah no me neither <laughs> i can do like basic coding programming uh, I'm learning that right now and I'm good at it, but Ooh, that's about the extent of my knowledge. But I'm goofy. I'm awkward. I just want everyone to be my friend. <laughs> exactly. That's, yes, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play games. I'm such a hopeless romantic. I love net drama. Yes. I, <laughs> I love Thorn. So there's that. <laughs> there's an obvious clue right there. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, I would definitely say that I'm I'm a crest. I think if I if I had to pick, my husband is a character is probably Jacin. Oh yeah. But he's probably like Jacin if you don't know him. But then he's Thorn once you get to know him. Okay. You know, yeah. like when the barrier comes down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my and I would say Becca is Iko. Oh, and I would say Becca would tell you she's, she's Iko. <laughs> I would say if I said anything else, Becca would message me immediately and be like, uh, "Excuse me, I'm Iko." <laughs> <laughs> what if my roommate? Did you just short circuit? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! One of my roommates is like on point, Kai. Um, it's pretty funny I like made her read them you know I make everyone read books um and me too and then listen to the podcast and then come on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) so I made her read them she was like Kai she was like why am I this man I'm like I know you are him like you just are like it's hysterical I love Kai. And you know, even after listening to the second book, my husband, he still likes Kai better at the moment. I think that 
his favorite character, male-wise, is going to be Kai, even if he is more like Jason. I think he really appreciates just how much critical thinking Kai puts into everything he does and how he still finds ways to be like sarcastic and funny and disrespectful. Yeah. And I think that, you know, he values that. He busted up during that scene when when Kai is talking to Lavana and she has Amory silence him and then he waves his hand <laughs> across his face like, hello, I can't talk. And then as soon as she does it, he like slowly sits down, leans back in his chair, folds his hand over his lap. Like he just thought that was hilarious. And was like, yeah, you tell her, Kai. Like <laughs> so I, I I like reading it with people who haven't read it before, especially my husband's not a book person. So this is like it's so great for me, you guys. <laughs> I remember um, when my roommate reading Winter, and no spoilers, you know, um, but there's a certain part in Winter where something, you know, happens. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to be specific about it, but it was, you know, towards the end. And she was like reading it and she was like, oh, my God. I was like, yeah, I know. I was like, it's intense. She was like, this, she just... What? I was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And and I think that when we get to winter, every single chapter is just going to be, what? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's going to be difficult to do my little one or two chapters per episode. Uh, People are going to be stressed with me, but. I'm going, yeah, I'm going to be stressed, you know, it's going to end up be like, no, but, but, but this comes after. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I want everyone who's listening, who, who has read the books to know that I am looking forward to the butterfly scene. And I think that that is vague enough that it is not a spoiler, but if you've read the books, you know exactly what I'm talking about and you know why I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) I remember reading it for the first time. And I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, like my heart I, so I, happy. My heart was like fluttering. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And every time I reread it, I like stop, go back and reread it again and just swoon oh, happily. That is me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. So I swear we're going to talk about TLC some more. <laughs> first things first, not that it matters to anyone except me and and Jillian, <laughs> but my husband bought me the Taylor Swift cardigan. You guys. Oh my gosh, I saw your Instagram post and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Best husband ever. I'm sorry if you think your husband is great, but (laughs) mine is the best ever. Okay. And I didn't even ask for it. It was his idea. He was like, he just thought it would make me happy. And it makes me so happy. So thank you, Quinton. It's so cute. (laughs) And you look adorable in it. So it's ginormous and I love it. I feel super cozy. Oh my gosh. Ginormous, (laughs) like sweaters, cardigans are the best I know they're they're perfect and I love it and it's getting closer to that kind of weather yeah I I hope that it's getting closer except it's supposed to be 80 today (laughs) where I live so unfortunately it's for some reason not cooling down maybe next week we'll see I live in I live in Mississippi and it doesn't get actual winter or fall here but it will get slightly chilly so yeah well you're not too far from me so oh really yeah I'm in Oklahoma so 
I know. That isn't that far. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, I so badly wish that everyone had money, resources, and time. And then we could do like a, an annual meetup once a year, like in the middle of the country or something. And everyone would drive or fly or just get there. And we could all have like a, like a Prince Kathy and Pop party. Oh my gosh. That would be <laughs> so great. <laughs> yes I would make cookies we can listen to Taylor Swift all night yes. like <laughs> oh, that sounds like like my ideal party <laughs> like the party that I want to have but nobody would come to <laughs> I will come okay good <laughs> I will come and I would be happy and so since we can't do that that's what the virtual party <laughs> exactly for, right? so. yes someday maybe <laughs> if I'm ever in Oklahoma I'm texting oh, you oh <laughs> please do I'm you know never doing anything except for school but that's almost over so <laughs> <laughs> oh I know right yeah. and then I have I have about a month and a half left oh my god yeah I'm about so, the same yeah and then I graduate when this comes out I think I'll have a month left hey that's great um but then I have three semesters after that. So, yeah, you know, I'm, the... I'm done after December. So <gasps> you are yeah, really scary. That is so exciting. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations to you. I know that you graduated in May. I did. Oh, that's so exciting. I did. Yeah. I did. And now I have to do the masters. And so. Yeah. That's, that'll be me. <laughs> Who knows? I just. <laughs> it's so much work, you guys. If you do a master's degree, just, I don't know, invest in in coffee and vodka. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, that, that might be me quite soon. So. <laughs> <laughs> So first things first, let's talk about this amazing fan art that I found because it's awesome. So the first one is from Domo Ali Goat Gato. Love it on Red Double. And it's on Red Double, so you can purchase it if you want to. Okay. <laughs> and it's Crescent Thorn in the desert. You can see the mountains in the distance. You can see them walking and their footsteps. You can see the moon. You can see her poor disheveled satellite in the corner. I just love it so much. It's so pretty. Oh, it's so gorgeous. If there's one thing I wish I could do, it's draw. Like, it's are so talented. <laughs> they are. Yes, and I love, like, the little footsteps. And, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I absolutely love the little footsteps. It's a lot of really good detail. Yeah, very much so. And the second picture is by Little Schemer on DeviantArt. And it's also Cress and Thorn coming out of the satellite. It's just them literally walking out of the satellite. There's You can see the satellite. They're standing in the wreckage on the sand trying to get a bearing for their surroundings. And it's just great. I, I will say I pictured Cress's di- dress a little different. And they both look really tall as opposed to her looking short and him looking tall. <laughs> but I still really like the picture. And I, I think it's a really nice way of describing how disheveled they would be walking out into the great unknown. Yeah, I mean, they just came out of a wreck. I I wanted to say sh- shipwreck, but I guess it's not a ship, is it? Um, it kind of feels like a shipwreck. Yeah. She does pretend to be a pirate later to try and get over her exhaustion. This is true. So. Yeah. It can be whatever you want it to be. <laughs> it can. That's what's lovely about reading. 
Yes. <laughs> so big thank you to both those artists for sharing with me. And I did have a couple of people who asked how they could share fan art. At, just find a way to send it to me. You know, email me, princekaifanpod at gmail.com. If you're on Instagram, you can DM me or just comment on the post that you already made of the art and be like, hey, can we share this? That's usually how I get the art. And if you don't have emails and all of that, you can go to the website, princekaifanpod.com. And there's a little contact button. You can contact me through there and say, hey, I have fan art. So yeah, do all of those things if you want to share fan art. Don't be afraid. She's really nice. I promise. Thank you. I try my best. I really do. (laughs) I meet people like every once in a while, someone will email me or send me a message and I'll respond. And the, the, almost always the response is, oh my God, you responded. And it's like, why wouldn't you respond? And then I'm like, no, I've been there. I've definitely emailed like authors and podcasters and never heard anything back. So I get it. If you message me, you know, unless you're like a crazy stalker person, you're going to get a message back. (laughs) That's a thing. (laughs) So last week, Patreon members voted for chapter titles. Chapter 22 of Crest is titled Gotta Find You from Disney Channel's Camp Rock, which I'm super excited about because I thought that was great. Oh, that is a jam, friends. <laughs> I love me some Disney Channel movies, y'all. You oh, no I can agree with that. <laughs> Tomorrow, Lily and I are recording a bonus episode for Patreon on the Halloween Town movies, and I'm super excited. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen the Halloween Town movies in so long. I know I need me to rewatch. Too. I, I was rewatching them so and I, I was like, to... oh my god, these totally hold up, but also yeah. there's so many plot holes. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many plot holes, it's crazy. I think I like watched them out of order. I think like I saw the first one last, the one with Sarah Paxton instead, like they changed actresses. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was the first one that I saw. So then I like went back and was thoroughly confused because they were all different. Because they're they're way out of uh out of order, kind of. Yeah, when, exactly. When you do it like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my sister Lindsay and I are also going to do a bonus episode um on the Scream movies for Patreon. So oh. I have to watch okay. scary movies. Which I'm yeah, not good at so yeah, but my sister Lindsay she <laughs> loves scary movies she watched oh, the exorcist for the first time when she was like I don't know I think like nine or eight or something oh and was like God, totally no. chill about the whole thing like she laughed and the girl twisted her head and I was like oh my no. God crazy no really really embarrassing fact about me I won't even go into Halloween stores <laughs> oh really yeah, like I'm such a baby. I I like I love dressing up. I love candy, but scary things, I just I don't know what it is, but I just yeah, not a fan. Never seen a single scary movie. Don't know if I can handle it. Um, they're 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 hard yeah. to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I also struggle with scary movies, so I yeah. totally feel you. I, I'm not alone. You are not alone. No, I don't like <laughs> scary movies. Um, I The Scream movies are like the scariest I can watch. And even those really, really, really scare me. So, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So anyways, you can join Patreon and you'll be able to check those out along with a bunch of other super cool bonus episodes. So yeah, join Patreon. Anyways, chapter 23. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sporadic because we were in the car all day yesterday. So I'm like still kind of out of it. Yeah, yeah. Really antsy, you know. Yeah. And we definitely need to go to the grocery store. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that. I hate going to the grocery store. Oh, I love going to the grocery store, but I just, I I always end up buying things I shouldn't buy, like toaster street rolls or (laughs) something. Oh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Things that are like not healthy, but since I'm an adult, I can buy them anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Which happens a lot. Like I talked to my father-in-law and, and, and I'll be talking about like Quentin and I had cereal for dinner or something. And he'll be like, that's not an appropriate dinner. And I'm like, Hey, I'm 30. <laughs> if I want to eat cereal for dinner, you can't tell me not to. So too bad. (laughs) I have popcorn for lunch, dinner. Yeah, it's really bad. My mother would be very angry at me, but it's okay. (laughs) That's okay. Later, she won't be. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about chapter 23. Last week, we left off with Kai and Torin confronting Amory about the lunar ships surrounding Earth, sharing with Torin about his research about Selene, which obviously Torin was super excited and totally supportive of. And he decided he was going to go find Cinder. Mm. <laughs> so we're in Cress's perspective. They're sort of sleeping. Thorn is, is pulling her close and snuggling. Oh. It's nighttime and she's thirsty. <laughs> And she's shivering. So she starts to snuggle closer to his warmth. She feels like the stars are taunting her. We're getting a little bit of a glimpse into her her sickness here. She's cold, even though he's warm and she's got blankets and sheets. The stars look like they're moving, even though they're not. She's remembering uh, Sybil's cruel smile and the headlines about the Earthen Massacre. And this is when Thorne wakes her up and says that she has a fever. I hate fevers. <laughs> As if this weren't bad enough, right? Like <laughs> I know, yeah. Just keep on tallying all the things that could possibly oh, go God. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like when in movies and TV shows, they're always like, it could be worse, it could be raining, and then it starts raining. But Marissa yeah. is like, it could be worse, they could be in a desert, and she could have a fever. <laughs> <laughs> Marissa does not do any tropes, you guys. <laughs> so Thorne says he's really sorry, but they have to keep moving. We get a lot of really good poetic energy here that she feels so weak. Her body feels like it's made of sand and it could blow away. Oh, how sad. I think that's beautiful, oh, you guys. It is very beautiful. And how fitting that they're in a the desert full of sand. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what it seems to at this point, right? <laughs> yep. Thorne says it's better to walk at night because it'll be cold out and and they need to stay out of the sun. So she, she's so funny, though. She's like stroke. She thinks about stroking his hair and how he looks so <laughs> handsome, even though he's kind of messy. And it's like, okay, uh, Cress, we got to focus, baby girl. <laughs> We gotta yeah. learn to focus. In the in the fever 
adult mind. You're just yeah. like, oh, you know. You're so <laughs> handsome. Exactly. <laughs> it reminds me of like how in movies and TV shows they make people drunk so they can say things that they wouldn't normally say. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like the, the confession of love, which I guess, you know, haha, you know, wait a couple of sentences, but you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's he's pretty nice about it. He's like, look, I know you deserve a rest, but like, we really need to get going. Remember yeah. the vultures and stuff? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> she says, Captain, I think I'm in love with you. Oh, not surprising to us, but you know, so uh, hey, she said it. It the words came out of her mouth. It doesn't of, seem that surprising to Thorne either, though. He's like, "Oh, it took you two whole days and losing my touch." <laughs> He's so full of yeah, himself. I'm. I don't think he would find it that surprising. I mean, I'm. I'm sure she's not super great at you know. He may be blind, but I'm sure you know he's not completely like you know you can't tell yeah obtuse yeah word (laughs) you know for what she's thinking and he kind of points that out too he's like you're lonely i'm irresistible i'm the first (laughs) guy you've ever met and you're obviously delirious like come on yeah like this isn't a new thing (laughs) and she starts to blame herself again and he's like seriously are we doing this again it like breaks my heart you know like she's just like been put down like her whole life and always told that you know like oh it's like her fault that you know she's a shell and she doesn't fit in and all of this stuff and so then you know she like takes it to heart and now she just thinks everything's her fault and I'm like but it's not it's so, not I guess it's, girl yeah so I guess it's good of Thorne that he's like no like it's not, and, you know, he, like, tells her that, but, you know. And he's a little impatient about it, but, you know, I think a lot of people would be, because right now that's not what's important. You know, you have to focus on don't die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As he points out. Yeah. he His life is on the line here. <laughs> it is. It is. As is hers. Yes. Because remember the vultures. <laughs> Not a great way to go. Really, 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 really not. (laughs) But he says they need to stop wasting all their energy. We have to go. Could you ever love me? Seriously, we have to go. (laughs) (laughs) I also love his cursing. Spades, aces, stars. I love it. So I love it. That's like a way to include cursing when you can't include cursing. Yeah, exactly. It's so clever. It is. I like when books do that. Like Harry Potter was great at that too, because it would be like Ron said something that Mrs. Weasley wouldn't have approved of. And it's like, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're doing. They told you no cuss words. So you were like, loophole. Oh, yeah. And Thorn is totally the guy with, you know, a sailor's mouth. So, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, he's a captain in quotation marks. So, exactly. (laughs) I love the the fact that she can't really cry. Like, she kind of wants to cry, but there's literally no water, so she can't cry. (laughs) She's like, I'm not crying. I want to. Yeah, I'm not going to. 
definitely felt that. Not because, like, I've been stranded in the desert, but, you know, like, you reach a point where, like, you can't cry anymore, and, like, you're trying to cry, and then it just doesn't work. I think there's Uh, also times when you feel like you should cry, and you don't, for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. so I would say that that's also a good way of, of of comparing the situation. Yeah. Very much so. Absolutely. No, yeah. I'm like the easiest crier Me ever. Too. I cry at refrigerator commercials. <laughs> yeah. Like all of that kind of stuff. But then like, yeah, when like super big things happen, like, you know, I talked previously, like, you know, my brother was sick and when I found out, you know, I would imagine that I just burst in tears, but I just like just sat there and was like, okay. You know, it's like, like that shock thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just like didn't happen. And then I was just like, this this might as well happen, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and I mean there's definitely times where I haven't cried despite the fact that like I feel like I should cry. And yeah, then there's times yeah. when I've cried and I'm like, wow, really? This got like the first time I listened to Soon You'll Get Better by Taylor Swift. Oh I my cried. Gosh, yeah. I cried so much. I know. I cried. Yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> I was just like sobbing into my hands. And it's beautifully written, like, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's beautifully yeah. written, but it's very sad and it's hard to deal with. And that's yeah, Taylor in a nutshell, right? <laughs> It's like half her music just makes you want to cry. Yeah. (laughs) So I love Cress's quote here about being passionate romances, just like in the net dramas, because that's my whole personality. (laughs) I love Thorn, who's like, I'm sweaty. I'm itchy. I haven't brushed my teeth. Like, we are so not doing the romance thing right now. (laughs) I feel that. Well, because, you know, and I feel that like in movies and stuff, you know. It's very much like, oh, we're in a dire situation and, you know, it's romantic and, you know, we're both, you know, covered in sewage. Like, I think of the scene in the Harry Potter movie, you right? know. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're not, I think of that all the time with movies and books, like, especially in movies, <laughs> they'll do it right in the middle of a climactic scene it'll be like someone's going off to do something or something dramatic just happened and they'll have like a passionate kiss and I'm like that's not real no yeah exactly so you know I'm like you know in my mind right after somebody gets sick yeah oh yeah no no don't (laughs) miss me sick okay I love you but I have boundaries Yeah. So, you know, it's like, oh, you know, in this perfect movie, you know, this would be the perfect time. And then, you know, I'm glad that, you know, Thorne's like, no, this is gross. Like, haven't brushed my teeth. Breath stinks. Let's not. (laughs) Also, you barely know each other. (laughs) That too. (laughs) That has a little bit to do with it. Like, it's just not... Not yeah, okay. not feeling <laughs> no, not feeling that one a little bit. Uh, but she says she can't die. She's in the desert, and the desert's never going to end, and he would never love her, and she's going to die, and no one has ever kissed her. That oh. actually is kind of sad. Yeah, it is sad. Okay, so Thorne says, which I love, 
I will be the judge of when you are dying. And when that happens, I guarantee you will get a kiss worth waiting for. But right now, you have to get up. So he's promising her what I, I assume some people would think is kind of frivolous, right? Like it's just a kiss, who cares? But for Chris, who is obsessed with with friendship and romance and who has spent her whole life feeling lonely and rejected. I could see why this, this physical affectionate moment between two people that she's seen a million times in net dramas would be something that she's always wanted. And now she's realizing might never happen. Yeah. And I definitely, you know, think, I mean, you know, she's been alone the majority of her life and with, you know, like no end in sight. So I'm sure, you know, multiple times it's crossed her mind that, you know, like this is never going to happen. You know, like I'm alone forever. I'm never going to meet anyone besides, you know, Sybil and, you know, that's not going to work. So, I mean, it could, but <laughs> compared to, <laughs> you know, right. their character relationship. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, you know, and then, you know, it's like, oh, you have hope that, you know, this could happen because, you know, wow, you've like actually met someone and like you quote unquote like them, even though, you know, you don't really know him. But, you know, the idea of infatuation and all this stuff and, and then to be sick and then in this delirious state, just kind of realize, you know, you have this hope and then it's taken from you. And yeah. So. And and Thorne gives her that hope back by saying, like, look, we're going to get out of here. We're going to live. I'll kiss you before you die. I promise. But in order to do any of that, we have to go. We have to move. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We're not going to die right now. <laughs> no, we're not. So Thorne helps her up and he wants to know if her feet are bleeding because he thinks that her fever might be from an infection or dehydration. So this is going back to where I said he should have just given her his socks, but whatever. (laughs) Um, I stand by that logic. He's probably wearing socks. Socks would have been better than towels. He can easily wear boots without socks, especially ones that are most likely above the ankle and aren't going to get a lot of sand in them. Like, yeah, give her your socks. Uh (laughs) (laughs) My only thing is that I can think of are that like towels are thicker than socks. So it's like keeping away from the heat I don't know I uh, I was a moron and I hate shoes I mean I love shoes they're cute and I have a lot of them more than I need um (laughs) but you know like if I could walk around barefoot without you know stepping on dangerous things then I would um me too my husband used to call me blackfoot because I I wouldn't wear shoes (laughs) and my feet would get filthy Oh, yeah. Um, so, like, in middle school, it was the last day of school, and we were outside, and I decided to walk around the track barefoot. Um, don't do that, because you will burn your feet, and your entire foot will be just covered in blisters, and you can't walk. Um, <laughs> so it's really gross, and it really hurts, so don't do it. Um, so, so, like that's, so that's what I think is that it's like really really hot so it'll burn your feet so that's what I think of is that the towels are thicker than socks but like you know walking with towels and they get loose and they rub you know that will cause 
blisters also. I don't know. It's there's no win situation. That's very <laughs> true. They're they're in a bad situation and you need something for the plot, so Yeah, this is true. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. You have to have something yeah. to go with the plot. Exactly. <laughs> what I think is really sweet though is that he gives her all the water. He says, no, I've had my fill. You have not had your fill. Y'all are starving to death in the desert. But (laughs) he gives her all the water. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you're supposed to stay hydrated when you have like a fever and stuff. And Mm -hmm. also, you know, they're dehydrated to begin with because it's, you know. And malnourished. and Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It's just not a good situation. Just, you know, it's just very sweet of him. But he was like, you know, oh, yeah, take it. You know, we don't really see that. We don't really ever see the selfless part of him, so. That's true. And it's nice to see that that part of him because I think sometimes it feels like he's just a big jokester who doesn't care about anyone and doesn't really care about their feelings and doesn't really take things seriously. But it, it's nice to see that, like, when the chips fall, he actually is there. Yeah, yeah. He does, you know, he's not he's not just all talk you know. <laughs> right. And he's not perfect. Nobody is, but he's yeah. certainly, he's certainly trying. Yeah. He's more than he, than he projects himself, you know. Yeah, absolutely. They start walking again and she's can't come up with fantasies. They're all gone. The mountains don't seem any closer. So she starts to cling to the knowledge that Thorn is relying on her. She tries to call up some kind of daydream, anything. And she thinks of a soft bed and sleeping in and waking up in Thorne's arms with good morning kisses. Oh, it's just so precious. I know. It's like, and you can totally tell that she watches Ned dramas because that is definitely a romantic comedy movie scene. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, I won't, I won't pretend that I haven't, you know, sat there in class and I'm, you know, the professor's drowning on and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, you know, to be on a beach right now, you know, in bed with, you know, like, really cute guy, (laughs) you know, like. Just, or you, you can't know, sleep, so you start to try to imagine something fun for a dream and then hope that oh, it yeah, exactly, coerces yeah. you into sleeping. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the sad part is that she's never known that kind of daydream. So it's too hard for her to hold on to it. And she has to just force herself to keep going, which kind of makes me sad. Yeah, it's I so want her sad. to have that kind of thing to hold on to or look yeah, back on I mean, or something. Like, you know... Poor girl, she's probably never even, like, had a hug or, like, a kind word spoken to her or any of this. You know, that's why, you know, like, previously when he was, when, you know, she was like, oh, do you hate me? He's like, no, of course I don't hate you. Like, don't say such stupid things, you know? It's like, he doesn't even know you. Yeah, right? So, you know, oh, it's just so sad. Girl deserves a hug. It is, and, you know, it's interesting that she thought of sleeping in and waking up in his arms and good morning kisses because that's such a a small intimate detail in someone's um relationship and uh, yeah as someone who's been in a relationship for a very long time with someone who's in the military which means he leaves all the time and then comes back and then leaves and then comes back that's the kind of stuff that you do miss 
is just mm-hmm. the little things like hanging out together and going for walks and having someone to wake up next to and someone to fall asleep next to. And so that makes me know that she's not just wanting, she's lonely, but she's not just wanting someone or something. She's wanting something real. And despite the fact that I think her feelings for Thorne are obviously misguided, I I do think that the wanting something real is there in her. Yeah, very much. She doesn't, she doesn't want something fleeting. She wants, the actual, you know, I I don't want to say, like, the net drama love, because, you know, she does want, like, real love, and it's very different. Um, But, you know, the perception that it puts on, that, you know, you have someone by your side, you know, and, and on your side. And familiarity, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, the best friends are the ones that you are comfortable with the ones that you have a familiarity to and that's what's been so great about this fandom and what's been so great about patreon is i i don't actually know most of you um but i do feel a kinship with you and i feel familiar with you and i feel the the that it's okay to break down those barriers really quickly in a way that i wouldn't if i just met someone you know at a party or something oh yeah definitely and it's definitely you know when like you share like a common interest, you know, it starts from that and then blossoms into something more. Um, and then, you know, you can talk about other things, you know, like, I don't know, like, you know, Patreon, obviously all of us, you know, listen to your podcast and have read the Lunar Chronicles and stuff. But then, you know, someone will be like, oh, like I watched this movie today and then someone will pop off like, oh my God, that movie's the best, you know? Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love that the Patreon chat is more than just podcast and TLC. Like we talk about so many different things. Like yeah. this weekend we were going on and on and on about how to organize shelves and sharing pictures. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so I love like that common ground can stem from something, but you can still find other ways of connecting with people and, I, I'm sad that Cress has never had that experience of actually connecting with another human. This is her first experience even being on a one-to-one level with another human and he's blind and they're trapped in the desert and she has a fever. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really sad because, you know, I mean, this is, I mean, I guess, you know, she like talked to Cinder, but like she never came face to face with her. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, she spent much more time with Thorne than she ever did virtually with Cinder. Um so yeah, it is, you know, her very first, you know, human interaction outside of uh Sybil and it's, you know, not exactly the greatest circumstances. Um and I'm sure it's, you know, much far vastly different than anything she ever imagined it would be, because, you know, obviously she imagined what would happen if, you know, she escaped and came to earth and you know had all these grand adventures but you know unfortunately the real world is not as great as our imagination is but and you know marissa is really good at writing these sort of poetic injustices like how crest designed her own prison cell in the satellite and how in this situation, it's her big, her greatest dream ever come true. Not only is she escaped and on Earth and alive, 
she's with Captain Carswell Thorne, who she's been obsessed <laughs> with. Um, but obviously the actual circumstances of this dream come true are very dire. And basically the only positive things that she can cling to within them is that Thorne is there. Because even now she doesn't feel like they're going to make it. She doesn't feel like they can go on. And I don't blame her. Oh, yeah. I would be a mess. I, I'm i really bad at immediately going straight to my life is over. <laughs> I'm going to be hopeless. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. <laughs> so. And... Thorne is really great in this situation. He, he, you know, comforts her. He doesn't comment when she falls. He's just like, okay, he helps her up. He starts to walk again. Um, he's not impatient. He's not harsh. And eventually they do get somewhere. Mm-hmm. They can finally see that the mountains are getting closer. The, the dunes are getting smaller. They're more shallow. And right when she's trying to think about like, okay, we need to get there before it's too hot. Maybe there'll be some dew on the branches. Maybe it's not a mirage. She sees something big and white and she just freezes. Ah, so cute. I love animals. It is so cute. <laughs> and, and this part is kind of sweet too. Cause Thorne completely crashes into her with, cause she's blind and she just stopped and didn't do it. Yeah. anything. <laughs> <laughs> She doesn't know what kind of animal it is. She says, is it a goat? Is it a gazelle? So let's talk about the description here. It had slender white legs atop enormous hooves and a rounded belly that showed the edges of ribs. Its calm face was tan with swaths of black and white, like a mask around its eyes. Two towering spiral horns twisted up from its head, doubling its height. It was the first earthen animal she had ever seen, and it was beautiful and regal and mysterious, watching her with dark, unblinking eyes. So that's got to be really exciting for her. It's the first animal that she's ever seen, and it's huge. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine, like, seeing an animal for the first time. And I mean, you know... You know, we don't know what exactly type of animal it is, but like, you know, huge horns, like a little terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And it could hurt you. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I just I can't imagine, you know, like, I mean, not even knowing like what type of animal it is. And then, you know, never seeing an actual animal before, you know, you've only seen them on screens. And then, you know, you see them in real life. Like I. (laughs) really dorky um I felt that way I've never like met you know quote unquote a celebrity or anything um but like I have been like to a Taylor Swift concert before and I remember like when she came out I know um I remember just like you know she like came out and like I remember I just like had this like thought in my mind of like oh my god like she's real (laughs) you know like she's (laughs) obviously she's real and a real person but like she's like actually like in the same building like she's just not on a screen or on my phone singing you know like I don't know it's just very different when you like see it in person rather than I agree you know like on screen it's yeah (laughs) I agree it's very different so Thorne wants to know what's going on. She describes the animal to him. I love it. It's big and beautiful. And he's like, oh, great. 
really descriptive there. <laughs> right. <laughs> she has a moment where she wishes she could speak to the animal and oh. ask it for guidance and that it would recognize her goodness and take pity on her, which is so sweet. It's so sweet. I've definitely had that feeling, you know, like, oh, maybe secretly inside I'm a Disney princess and I can talk <laughs> to animals and they can help me with my laundry. I mean, we all know I have conversations with my dogs all the time, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I have conversations with so many animals. <laughs> my dad was giving me such a hard time this weekend because our dogs, my dad has cats and uh, they were supposed to keep the cats locked away when the dogs were there. <laughs> Uh, and they did, but the they left him in a, a room where you could just push the door open, thinking the dogs would just like not see him and not care. And the boys just went right in there. Um, <laughs> oh, no. So the cat ran away. We got the dogs off. Nobody got hurt. And I was livid. And I put the dogs in the corner and I made them lay down. <laughs> and I stood up and I started to walk away. And I was sitting at the table and Beowulf started walking at me. And I was like, did I tell you you could get up? And he turned around and went and sat back down. And my dad was just like, did he, did he understand you? Or was it like a tone of voice thing? I was like, I don't know, but he's sitting down, isn't he? Like, (laughs) and then, so I I made them sit there for like five seconds. It wasn't very long. And then I was like, all right, you can get up and start walking around and stuff. They both came to me and sat down in front of me and were just like looking sad and pathetic. And I was like, I accept your apology, but really you traumatized the cat. Like you should go apologize to Rocket. (laughs) You traumatized poor Rocket. (laughs) No, yeah, no, it's so funny how animals just understand. I don't know, like, you know, sometimes, you know, my dog, Bridget, you know, she'll get in trouble and my mom will, you know, she'll scold her. She'll be like, Bridget, you weren't supposed to do that. You weren't supposed to dig in the trash, you know. Right, because they're not. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so then, like, Bridget will, like, talk back to my mom. She'll, like, talk back to her. My mom's like, excuse me? What? Or were you just talking back to me? And then, like, she <laughs> yep. like looks at her and she makes that face of "I'm so sorry, mom." <laughs> you Absolutely. know, <laughs> same thing, <laughs> same exact thing. Absolutely. <laughs> there was one time Scamp got in trouble, and I was really mad at him. And he came inside, and I put him in his bed, and. He like looked at the kitchen and then looked at me and then looked at the kitchen and looked at me and then looked at the kitchen and looked at me. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, you can get a drink of water and then you can go back to bed. And he did. He got up. He got a couple of drinks of water. He took a bite of food and then he went back to bed. And my my husband was just like, I don't know what just happened. And I was like, I told you he understands more than you think he does. I know. Yeah. They, they know they understand <laughs> what he probably heard was water and bed. Oh yeah. But you know, he still put two and two together. So yeah. Oh yeah. We have credit. to be careful when, <laughs> when talking about, you know, we call them cookies, um, you know, treats. Um, yeah, we, you know, we have to, yeah. So, you yeah. know, like, oh, like, should we give them a cookie? And then, you know, my dog flips out. Or even if we don't even say the word, we'll just talk and she'll just like come out to us. And she's like, oh, like, I know what you're talking about, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I did a I did a live a few weeks ago and I was talking about going outside and Bale heard outside and his ears just flipped right up. And I was <laughs> like, okay, well, I guess we're going outside now. <laughs> right? No. Yeah. And my, I have a dog and a cat and, um, yeah, they, they very much are 
competitive with each other. So, you know, if one goes outside, the other has to go outside. If one's being fed, the other has to be fed. Yep. If one gets a cookie, <laughs> the other has to get a cookie, you know? And well, you don't yeah, play favorites. So exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally I'll be sitting there petting, petting my cat, Nico. Um, and, you know, he's like on my lap on the sofa. And then, you know, my dog is not allowed on the sofa as much as my brother and I, you know, kind of plead with our parents. They're like, no, no can do. Um, so she'll like come up to me and like sit like right on my leg and be like, pet me too, please. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so they can't pet the animal. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would probably not be a great idea. <laughs> right. But Thorne says, that, okay, if there's an animal, there might be water nearby. And Cress starts to walk. She's holding her breath and the animal turns its head and the crack of a gunshot ring out across the desert. And that is the end of chapter 23 because nobody can torture a cliffhanger over us like Marissa Meyer. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm, sudden. I know there are people out there who've told me before, they're like, yeah, I read the books and I just didn't get it. I didn't much care for it. I found it kind of boring. And I'm like, these are the moments when I'm like, how did you find that boring? Like, I know, right? The crack yeah. of a gunshot, end of chapter. It's like, dun, dun, dun. Like, what? What? Gunshot? Like, directed at who? Like, <laughs> directed at who? Who got shot? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, like on... Uh, like TV shows, like I've never watched Grey's Anatomy, but I'm sure there's some episode like this, you know, where oh, it's there's like, plenty of episodes where it's like, yeah. who got shot. there's <laughs> yeah, no surprising like, amount of gun shootings in Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> so it's like gunshot, and then it's like fake to black, and then it's like next week on Grey's Anatomy. It's like, come on, like you can't do that to me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So let's talk about your song choice for chapter 23. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> what did you pick? You picked a couple, right? Yeah, I have two because I'm uh, an overachiever and Absolutely. got really excited. Absolutely, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> got really excited. Um, so my first one is Kiss Me by Sixpence, None the Richer. I know someone has done this before. Um, I think... And I don't want to, like, step on anyone's toes. Uh, but, yeah. Um, for, you know, I chose it for obvious reasons. You know, it's, like, romantic. And it's, like, goes through, you know, all the, like, most romantic scenes that can be in, like, a rom-com movie. I feel like <laughs> Kiss Me is, like, the, like, iconic like early 2000s rom-com song that like Absolutely. every time I like hear the song I think of <laughs> some rom-com movie so yeah obviously you know that's what's going through her going through Cress's mind and what she wants even though it's not really great for the moment um <laughs> so yeah that was my first choice <laughs> <laughs> And what then, was your second choice? Uh, so my second one was Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. Um, another iconic song. Um, again, kind of for the same reasons as the previous one. I was really drawn to, like, you know, her, Cress's, like, imagination and, uh, 
you know, her escape from what's actually going on, or at least she's trying to escape from what's actually going on and needs something to push her forward. So, you know, like the main, one of the main lines in the chorus is, you know, like, if I just lay here, would you lie with me and forget the world? And, you know, that's pretty much her daydream that she had, you know, with, you know, the two of them and this cute little cottage, you know, like in the <laughs> spring with all the flowers. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I I liked that one for this. I was trying to come up with songs and I was thinking about it and I was like driving home and that came up on my um, like shuffle. And I was like, ooh, this is a good one. I'll go with this one. <laughs> That is a good one. And I do that too when it comes to songs sometimes too, where I'm just like, oh, this would have been great for this chapter. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So I chose Souvenir by Selena Gomez um, because the lyrics are this chapter. (laughs) (laughs) Coming in your eyes, Egyptian blue, something I've never had without you. You're giving me chills at 100 100 degrees. It's better than pills, how you put me to sleep. Calling your name the only language I can speak. So just a lot of like thorn. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It just really resonated with me. You know, the blue eyes of thorns. She's got chills even even though she has a fever, even though they're in the desert. And it's all about like wanting to be in love, but that love just isn't quite there for the other person. Mm -hmm. And I just really felt that that song kind of encapsulated what the two of them are going through right now, especially Cress. Yeah. Yeah. So cute. I know I've heard that song at least once, but not well enough to know the words, but yeah. And that happens. Sometimes I'll pick a song and people are like, I don't even know that band. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like well now you do go look it up <laughs> I mean I'm I'm that way all the time too I'll start listening to music and people are like I don't know what this is I'm like sorry yep. it just like comes <laughs> up <laughs> so what was your quote for this chapter so yeah sorry it's really long but it's just so cute okay um so she tried to call up comforting daydreams a soft bed a worn blanket sleeping in well past the sunrise in a softly lit room where flowers grew outside the windowsill, waking up in Thorne's arms, his fingers stroking the hair off her brow, his lips pressing a good morning kiss against her temple. So cute. So precious. The dream. (laughs) It is a dream. And you know, that's, that's kind of a, a, a dream that a lot of people I think have, maybe not with Thorne, and through delirium, <laughs> but just that closeness, that intimacy with someone. Um, yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be too upset if it was Thorn. <laughs> I I wouldn't be very upset if it was Thorn. <laughs> yeah, not something I would complain about. And you know, I've had people before that are like, that are like, "Aren't you married? Doesn't your husband get upset with you?" I was like, "For fictional characters, no." <laughs> yeah. If Pink or Elizabeth Banks proposed my husband right now, I'm pretty sure he'd leave me. So, because those are his celebrity crushes. Like, I'm not gonna lie. If he ran into Elizabeth Banks, he might not even remember me. (laughs) He'd just be staring at her with his mouth open. (laughs) I mean, hey, she's pretty awesome, and so is Pink. So, 
I love Elizabeth Banks. Oh my God. I would be a worthy opponent if I lose my husband to her, right? (laughs) More than worthy. He's like, he's very lucky. (laughs) So my quote was, (laughs) we were going to have such a passionate romance too, like in the net dramas, but no, I'll die alone. Never kissed. Not once. I love how melodramatic she is. This is so totally me. Uh, I feel like that's such like an iconic quote. <laughs> like I was I reading it. the chapter. I was like, Bethany's going to choose this quote. Like oh, I absolutely. know she is. And you know, as I've said before, I think her and Aiko would be good friends because I could totally see Aiko saying the exact same thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know that, like, as a ship, she's like, oh, no, I'm a ship. No boy is ever going to like me like this. Her first response is, am I still pretty? I'm gargantuan. Then they talk about, like, the thing with Kai where she's like, we had a moment when we met. Like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, I love Aiko so much. (laughs) she's the greatest she is the best (laughs) hi this is leah stuhler creator and host of ya book chat podcast if you love reading young adult books and chatting about them with your friends then head on over to my podcast and take a listen each episode my guests and i chat about a different ya book we start spoiler free and then head into our spoiler section where we dive into the mysteries of each book and we do it with laughs and fun along the way you can listen to ya book chat on apple podcast spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcast and now back to the show so luckily since we just had the worst cliffhanger ever We actually start chapter 24 in the exact same spot, which is very comforting since the last line of the last chapter was a gunshot. Right? Yay. (laughs) Like, am I worried about Cinder and all them? Yeah, sure. Of course, but somebody (laughs) just got shot. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I remember when I was reading the Elixir series by Hilary Duff, which if you haven't read, you should go read. Okay, haven't um, read, but love Hilary Duff, so... She's a surprisingly good author. Uh, that series is amazing. And right. um, not to give too big of a spoiler, but the ending of the second book was insane. And oh, the no. third book hadn't come out yet, so I was just psychotic for, like, a year and a half. And then the <laughs> third book got published, like, it was supposed to come out in October and it ended up not coming out in like Jan- until January or something like that. Oh, so I was just no. like, really? You already left me abandoned me with this huge plot twist like (laughs) but seriously if you haven't read it it's really good and you should read it okay we'll do yeah no i (laughs) read it to the list (laughs) the never-ending list (laughs) absolutely no yeah i remember um again for any of any of you guys who have read percy jackson i'm sure some of you have um in there's one book, and I'm sure if you've read them, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> in one of the books, um, there is the, to this day, biggest cliffhanger I've ever had in my entire life. Um, first time I feel like I've ever felt true heartbreak. Um, <laughs> I was devastated and I was like I have to wait a whole year to know what happens next are, are they okay are they alive I'm like what's going yes. on 
<laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a struggle. <laughs> it is a struggle and it's hard. I remember I felt that way after reading the second book in the Hunger Games series. Oh, yes, yes. The ending <laughs> to that was insane. I remember turning the like, page and being like, wait, what? What? No. Yeah. <laughs> what? There better be another book coming. <laughs> what do you mean there's no District 12? What are you I talking I know. It's about? literally like that's the last sentence of the book. If you haven't listened, yeah. if you haven't read it, like fast forward 20 seconds. But Oh, no. Like, spoilers. <laughs> that's literally the last sentence of the second book is like, there is no District 12. It's like, what just happened? <laughs> Exactly. Luckily, we get to find out what just happened. So yes. the gunshot had actually been the animal, and Cress falls oh, no. because she freaks out and then doesn't say anything. <laughs> so Thorn, who's still blind, by the way, is just like, wait, what? Did you get shot? I mean, oh. on Cress's behalf, I know for a fact I would react the exact same way <laughs> i mean I'm a i know i would be so like know i would panic right like yeah like <laughs> i would panic i'd be freaking out i'd probably be crying so you know so i'd be like oh my god are you okay where is it and I'm like, oh, absolutely no, <laughs> absolutely that would definitely be me and i totally get it you know i'm sure like you know after chris is like no no it's not me it's just the animal like thorns like are you serious like I feel like I mean, he would very much be like, come on. <laughs> I, I could see that, but I could also like see part of him just being like, oh, thank God she's not shot. Okay, phew. True, that's thank true. Whatever he would say. Thank the stars. Because also, when you're in a situation where you sort of overreact or underreact, the other person's response is kind of always, I don't know, telling of that person's personality, right? Yeah, yeah. My husband and I got in a car accident a few years ago. We hit this big old buck and uh, a deer, for those of you who didn't grow up in a, in a country. Um, <laughs> I said that the other day to someone and they were like, what the hell's a buck? It's like, it's a big male deer and it's got it's huge deer, antlers. It has antlers, yeah. <laughs> they weigh like 300 pounds and they are ginormous. Yeah. You do not want to hit a car with those. Oh. No. And we were I in a Honda Fit. And it crumpled like a piece of paper. Oh. It was dark out. We were driving in a cornfield. Like, there was no way to avoid it. We were going, we were on a highway. We were going 65. It literally popped out of the cornfield and onto the road. Because that's how it is when you live in the farm, when you live in a farming area in the Midwest. Yeah. That's what a cornfield is. It's like the road, two feet, and then corn everywhere. Yeah. So it's pretty common for deer to get hit by cars, unfortunately. But um, I remember I saw the deer first because it came from the right-handed side. And unfortunately, <laughs> that meant that I was able to brace myself, which you're not supposed to do. Oh, the seat, yeah. The seatbelt will. So I ended up cra- like cracking my ribs real bad but because um, of the seatbelt. But I made a noise like <gasps> just – yeah, involuntarily. Yeah, <laughs> um, and my husband said that like he'll never forget that noise because he heard that and immediately we hit the like deer before he had a chance yeah, to register yeah. it. And so his immediate reaction was like, "Oh, shit, what just happened to my wife? Are you okay? Oh my god!" Um, and so now if we're in the car and I make any kind of noise, he's like, "You can't do that unless we're gonna <laughs> hit something." Okay, I'm traumatized, and because yeah. it's just there. It's my reaction. I can't control it. 
then sometimes oh, me too. <laughs> so sometimes I'll make that noise and it's like he didn't slow down fast enough for a stop sign or something and he's like, Really? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I've been driving with my dad. Like it was just like recently I was driving with my dad and you know, a squirrel ran through the road and I went <gasps> and my dad was like, oh, and he was like, it's okay. It's okay. I'm like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, yeah, one time I was in a car and um, we were, you know, similar. It was kind of like in the middle of nowhere. Um, and a, it was a raccoon. It wasn't a deer, which, you know, isn't it's sad because it's an animal, but it's not as damaging to, you know, a car, which is right. Um, and you know, she, she hit the raccoon cause yeah, you know, came out of nowhere and it's, yeah, it was very sad. And you know, yeah, I made that noise. I was like, <gasps> and then she was like, what? And then, yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty sad, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I totally understand her, you know, misgiving in this moment. And um, luckily, she's able to communicate with Thorne. There's a guy with a gun, of course, because the bullet came from somewhere. And he just, like, <laughs> stands there gaping at Cress and Thorne. He's dressed for desert travel, unlike them. <laughs> yeah, came prepared. Yeah, he actually is prepared. <laughs> he starts talking, but... They can't understand what language he's speaking. This is interesting, guys. Okay? Very interesting. He stops <laughs> talking and he says, universal then? Question mark. For those of you who have asked in the past, how can this all be in English when they've taken place in all these different countries? Uh, <laughs> I had this same question the first time I read these books. And I thought it was sort of a suspension of disbelief so that we could tell the story. But Marissa wants us to know there's a universal language. Yeah. Which, on one hand, is really, like, you know, like, futuristic, I suppose, because I'm sure that that is where the world is headed. Um, and, you know, it's convenient, you know, you can talk to anyone, but it's also really sad, because, you know, you lose, you know, like, the diversity of the world, and my, Absolutely. my nerdy, I was gonna say the my exact nerdy same ancient thing. heart, yeah, my nerdy, you know, love of ancient world's heart is like, oh, we look you know, in doing so, we lose so many languages and we probably lose them, you know, forever, you know, like I know that there's like, even now today, there's so many native languages that are, they're dying Lost. and they're going away. Yeah. yeah. And, it's and, just, some of, it's and there's so a lot of people who are very dedicated and hardworking and trying to rediscover those languages and preserve them and recover some of the languages that were lost during the American invasion. And, mm -hmm. you know, and this kind of thing really makes you think like, well, what languages did survive? Uh, and I hope nobody takes offense to this, but thanks to the British empire, I want to say the universal language would probably be English. Yeah. I, I can agree with that. And I don't know if it's yeah. just because, like, I live in America. So, you know, it's very I'm, much... I'm looking the... at it historically. Yeah, yeah. So, historically, the British Empire at once was, like, some 29% of the planet. They yeah. Got to, so. They got here to the States. You know, they got to some parts of Mexico. They got to Canada. They got to uh, uh, Haiti was taken over by France. So, they didn't get Haiti. Um, but... And they got lots of places in Europe. They got Australia. Like the reason that so much of the world does speak English 
um, Antigua, I believe, was also uh, the British Columbia or the the British. Um, so the the reason that so many countries in the world speak English, yes, there is to a certain extent the fact that like America is a very uh, trade heavy country, and so a lot of people speak English so that they can communicate easily with people in America. But there's also the credibility of like the uh, the English Empire spanned a very large portion of the world, and through that there was a very large spread of the English language, which is why people in Australia, the UK and America all speak English, but they all speak three different versions of a similar language. Um, And so I could also see it being French uh, because France had at one point in time, France, pretty much everybody in Canada speaks French. Mm -hmm, Um, Yeah. There's a lot of people in Louisiana that speak French uh, because uh, traditionally, like historically, there was a large French population there when there was migration still uh, early in the 16 and 1500s. France had a lot of colonies in the Colombian, uh, in the Colombia area in South America uh, toward the Caribbean islands like Haiti. So I could also see it being French. Um, and then just to toss one more language in there. Uh, I could see it also being Spanish because, again, it's one of the romantic languages. The Spanish Empire reached a very large portion of the European population. Um, There's a large portion of South America that speaks Spanish. There's a small portion that speaks Portuguese, but it's very small. Um, There's a lot of people in the Caribbean and then the Latino um, islands like Cuba that speak Spanish. There's, you know, Mexico, obviously. So I personally would say that I think it's probably one of those three languages. Uh, the reason that I don't think that it would be Italian is because, or German or Austrian or even Swedish is because um, just those, those countries didn't uh, expand their regions as far. And when they did uh, that, that um, land was taken by another country pretty quickly um, the Philippines was also taken over by the Spaniards. So they, there's a lot of Spanish speakers there as well. Um, and then Asia, the reason I don't think it's an Asian language is because there's a lot of different Asian languages. And although they share some uniformity, they're all different dialects. So if you speak Japanese, you probably, you might not speak Mandarin and vice versa. And so I don't think that those have, have traveled across the world enough that it would be adopted if we were trying to do a universal language. And then the only other thing I can think of, because I've been talking for forever and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> the, the only other thing I can think of is that there's the possibility that they created a universal language, including elements of, of the different languages that were already in the world. Um, mm-hmm. That would have been quite an endeavor, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, it could be, you know, even something that, exists now but evolved into something else um because i mean isn't that what all languages are in in a sense absolutely um but yeah um i don't know romantic languages are much uh easier to learn i mean and i mean they're not easy by any means um but you know germanic languages tend to not make any sense uh they're very harsh yeah yeah um and you know I can't really speak 
uh, about learning languages. I, you know, I took Latin for like seven years and, you know, nobody speaks Latin. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, you know, kind of unfortunate that in the process so many languages would be lost and it's crazy to think about you know we think about languages lost we think about you know like a cuneiform or linear a linear b you know like these ancient languages that have never been cracked and we don't know but like no like it's happening today like there are so many languages that are being lost because they're not written down and uh, and there's languages that generation. we've already lost, you know. Um, yeah. The, there's famous stories like Gilgamesh and, and um, Beowulf where we have a very large portion of the story, but we don't have the whole story. And it's because part of it was lost in language languages that we never fully um, recovered. And so if you've ever read Gilgamesh, um, you'll, you'll already know that you'll know that part of Gilgamesh is, is there's different versions of Gilgamesh, right? Because it's been adapted by different people who tried to create an ending that they thought suited the story that they read. Yeah. I have read Gilgamesh. <laughs> yes. It's I really think good. you have though, right? Because you're a, 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 a lit major. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. You, you've read Gilgamesh. You've read Beowulf. I have. Yes. And for those of you who haven't, uh, Gilgamesh is one of the oldest. It might be the oldest, actually. It um, is the oldest. Yeah. It is the Gilgamesh oldest. Okay. Is, yeah. So Gilgamesh is Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh <laughs> is the oldest known piece of literature. So, you know, pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting. It's really good. It is. And it's a really good story. And a lot of people credit Gilgamesh with being historical evidence that the great flood that everyone remembers from the Bible is real. I don't know if I believe that because, you know, one story and another story. I don't I don't know how I feel about that, but that's not really the point. The point is that that's you know, there's a lot of historical uh, value in that story because of how old it is. And it's helped us translate multiple other languages and and Mm -hmm. it's been great but unfortunately uh we don't have the full story I think we have like 75 percent of it or something like that yeah that's yeah I mean that's pretty much all of my major (laughs) you know like I read all of these things and it's like well you know like well we have the Iliad but you know we don't have the other books that were a part of the series that the Iliad was a part of and um, you know, we know what happens because of other textual evidence and other people writing it, uh, secondary sources, but we don't have the actual, um, copy. And it's, you know, that's what happens through history. It's really, really hard to preserve paper and, yeah, um, unless it's written down. Um, like, I don't think the Aeneid was rediscovered until like the 1600s or something like that. They just like found it in a church somewhere and they were like, Oh, this is the book by Virgil. Everyone's been talking about. Um, and so, yeah, (laughs) there we go. My nerd, my nerd out. (laughs) Well, we can keep nerding. I don't care. (laughs) You know, that's why people like the brothers Grimm, like Hans Christian Anderson. That's why they get so much credit. Because a lot of those stories were verbally told and verbally shared for generations. Oh, yeah. And so 
having someone who took the time to collect all of those stories and to, um, to, to write them down, to document them and share that with the world. That's not something everybody does or, or a thousand and one Arabian nights for that matter. If you haven't, Mm -hmm. if you haven't read it, it's a similar style of book. Um, and so I think that that is, you know, just that is the mark of, of literature in general is that we can lose things very easily. That's why this is so interesting is that, you know, there's this universal language. And so, you know, I'm sure everyone reading this had at least one second where they were like, I wonder what it is. Yeah. 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 Agreed. So Thorne speaks up. He says, this is my wife and we were robbed two days ago and the robbers smacked him in the head and his wife has a fever and the man says he's going to help them, which I think is great. Good. They finally got some help because they have had it rough. Yes, very much so. A uh, great lie that he told, though, you know. This is my wife. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but like the first thing he's like, this is my wife. I'm like, you guys are children. <laughs> you should. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true. But people get married really young all the time. Oh, so. yeah, this is true. I mean, like even at my age, I see, you know, people I went to high school getting married and, you know. In my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, good for them. And then, you know, other part of my head, I'm like, I I shouldn't get married. You know, like, I don't know about you, but I, I sh- definitely should not be getting married. I my never age. even, like, thought about getting married until I got married. And, and you know, <laughs> even, when, even when we were talking about it, just didn't feel real, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. And, and we got married. I was 22 when he proposed, and I thought that was really young. Oh, yes, yeah, I'm 22, so. <laughs> and can you imagine being married? <laughs> oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> it was scary. <laughs> um, but obviously, it's worked out really well for me, so. Yes, you know, very much I don't know. <laughs> They're going to take the animal back. He has a camp and an oasis that's not that far. It's about a 10-minute walk, which seems like forever for Crest. But, yeah, they, they do make it there. And Thorne says, describe. And Chris has the same reaction I would. She starts to describe the oasis. Yes. <laughs> and then Thorne is like, the people. Describe the people. Okay, so let's talk about the people. There's seven people. They're wearing robes over their heads. She can't tell what genders they are. There's camels. There's mats. There's tents. And there's shade. Oh. Thank goodness. So it seems like they just got really, really lucky. Oh, yeah. Really lucky. (laughs) Despite all of Thorne's reassurances, they were pretty close to not making it. Oh, very much so. Especially with her fever. Oh, yeah. So this is very lucky. As Gina later says, they must have a lucky star. So Thorne kisses her cheek and calls her Mrs. Smith. Real creative, Thorne. I know, yeah. <laughs> Let's like, might as well walk in there and say, my name's John Doe. <laughs> uh, so people greet them. They look like they're taking pity. They give them food. They give them water. Thorne offers to share their food as payment if they help. And the woman says, there's no need to negotiate. We will help you. Which I think is really nice. That is really nice of them. Very nice. Very nice. This isn't a negotiation. You don't have to bribe us. We're going to help you. But from one human to another, you obviously need some help. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So let me help you. (laughs) 
It turns out the animal was a desert addicts, which I looked up. They're really pretty. So cute. Basically, that's what happens so far in this chapter, you know. They're trying to uh, give this illusion that they're married. They're trying to dissuade any suspicion while finding out where they are, what they're doing, where they're going. There's a couple moments where Cress almost gives herself away, like talking about potatoes. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. And then she's like, oh, actually, it was the curry. <laughs> Which, please don't hate me, but I don't like curry. I've actually <gasps> never had curry. Ugh, I can't I'm do uncultured. spicy. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I can't do spicy either. <laughs> Even black pepper is sometimes too much for me, you guys. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I tried a spicy margarita over the weekend, and I had, like, one drink, and I was like, ooh, nope, can't do it. How drinks have spice, (laughs) I will never know. But I was like, yeah, I can't. Sorry. I can't do it. Unless I can... The only <laughs> you can have this back. The only drink I could see putting a spice in would be like a Bloody Mary. Oh yeah, see, I'm not I'm not a Bloody Mary fan. I'm not either. Yeah, but okay. if you're going to put a spice in a drink, that would be the one I would say like, oh okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so we find out who these people are. They're traders. They make this trek four times a year, and they seem relatively nice. They share meat and fruits and nuts. They're obviously going to give them shelter. They're going to help them get to the next town. It seems like a decent life. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't complain. (laughs) As my husband's grandfather used to say, if you're warm, fed, and dry, I don't know why you're bitching. (laughs) Sounds like something my grandfather would say. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of information here, uh, a lot of back and forth conversation to save us the the time of literally going, Thorne said this, and then Gina said this, and then Thorne said this, and then Gina said this. Let's just talk about it. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So they make their living in small communities in the Sahara that don't have magnetic streets or trade routes, and that's why they have to use camels how fun yeah something interesting yeah and sometimes they use two-wheeled vehicles but the desert can be very harsh to machinery and camels are more reliable their their lifestyle very much reminds me of the silk trade routes with your if you're not familiar uh historically with pause go to wikipedia <laughs> look up the silk trade routes do a quick read and then come back uh it's too long to explain but if you read through it, you'll know exactly why my brain is like kind of like the silk trade routes of India. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you familiar with the silk trade routes? Vaguely, yes. Vaguely. Okay. Yeah. Through the literature that you've studied, right? Yes, pretty much. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> that's how literature traveled too at some point. Yeah. Fun fact, uh, the Silk Road is one of the ways that diseases also highly traveled and one of the reasons for the destruction of Rome. Fun fact. Yep. That is a fun fact, actually. (laughs) That is a fun fact. I like that you included that. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Just nerding out over here. (laughs) (laughs) That's what a podcast is, right? Just nerding out. (laughs) So now that she's had some water and she's gotten some food and she's sitting down, Cress is worried that they're going to start to realize she's lunar and that they'll recognize Thorn. And so she starts to try to hide herself. She wants to be invisible. She doesn't want anybody to recognize them. 
And it is kind of suspicious that this is where their honeymoon is, right? Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, just two people just running through the desert. Like, okay. vacation, <laughs> you know, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Cress is surprised that Thorne is capable of lying with such ease. That does not surprise me as the reader. That Thorne, oh, no. who is supposed to be a criminal mastermind, is perfectly capable of believing his own lie well enough to deliver it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I'm sure he's as you know, he is now, you know, quite the talented liar. I mean, I think just being a, I mean, I, I'm not a criminal. So I can't, you know, speak for being a criminal, but at least in (laughs) as I imagine Thorne being, you know, quite like, charismatic and mischief and trickery, you know, um, so I'm sure that a good to be a good con man, you need people to believe your lie. So yeah, yeah exactly. I, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, so. And I think he handled this very well. I I made a joke a couple episodes ago that he didn't do anything that seemed very mastermindy. Um, <laughs> but I think he, he redeems himself a little bit. He's perfectly capable of being at ease. He doesn't give too much away. He comes up with a lie really quickly for almost everything. Mm-hmm. You know, when Gina asks where they're going, instead of him saying something dumb, he's like, oh, we're going to go wherever you go. We don't want to be a burden, yeah, which yeah. I think is a really good deflection. Yeah, so, and it's a very good response for someone who's, you know, like, who has been stranded, which I mean, they have been stranded. But I mean, you know, you would expect, you know, if someone were to help you, you were like, oh, no, I don't want to be a burden. Like, you've done enough for me, you know. It's very believable. Yeah. And it doesn't invite more questions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who are you visiting in this town? Like, Right. Yeah. Or why are you there? Or, you know, or Thorne trying to make up a town that turns out to be nowhere near they are or something. You know, it's just, it's a very good way of deflecting the question, not giving anything away, not being suspicious. Yeah. He's great. (laughs) So... They're on their way to Kufra, it's the next trading town, and they'll be able to use port screens there to contact help. They're going to rest today and tomorrow. And Crest starts to get a little dizzy. Thorne tells them she was ill earlier, and Gina thinks she has heat sickness. So they take her away from the fire. They're going to get her a tent and a drink. They're going to put some damp blankets on her, which does work for heat sickness. Needs to be lukewarm, not cold. (laughs) I know this because I've had it, and so has my dog Beowulf. Oh, no. I've almost passed out before, but, yeah, I came close to passing out once. But It's not comfortable. It's horrible. No, <laughs> it's not fun. I mean, a fever is always bad, right? Yeah. So Cress reaches up to give Thorne a kiss so that she can play along with their little story. But she passes out first. Oh, no. And that's the end of the chapter. Oh, no. Not as bad as the gunshot, but but still still a pretty big cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. Not pleasant. (laughs) Not pleasant. So let's talk about your song choice for chapter 24. Yes. Okay, so, um, again, overachiever. I have multiple. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I have A Few Days Down by Mandy Moore. I think that the song can be taken in a lot of different contexts, but um, 
you know, listening to it, at least thinking about the book, it's, um, you know, like the main lyric is all that you want is a few days down. And, you know, it's just, um, you know, living your life and struggling with things. But like, if you just wait it out, just wait, like, couple more days like what you want or what you're trying to achieve will eventually make it to you and you know that's kind of where Cress and Thorn are at this moment you know they've been struggling in the desert for so long and they've finally come across other people and they're like hey we're gonna go to this town it's like awesome when we get to this town we can try and contact the crew we can reunite we can make a plan we can make things better I don't know so that's just what it made me think of so yeah um <laughs> and then my second song was Oh What a World by Casey Musgraves um and basically the whole song is um a bunch of lyrics about um like all the amazing things in this world you know like plants and animals and like how these how do these things even exist you know like the world is just so beautiful and wonderful um uh one of the lyrics is all kinds of magic all around us it's hard to believe um so you know it's just the magic and the beauty of the world um and then she talks about you know like there's all this beauty magic and then there's you and so you know crests and uh thinking about thorn and all this stuff so it just made me think, you know, once again, you know, Cress has never really seen the world before. She's only seen it through screens and her imagination and what she wants it to be. And I can't imagine, you know, like seeing the world through those eyes of it being new and wonderful and beautiful. And I definitely think that people take for granted, you know, how lucky we are. And, you know, Cress definitely, she is very you know attentive to that and I mean that's what she's wanted you know all these years is to be on earth so you know yeah there you go <laughs> no I love those those are great choices well thank you <laughs> so I chose quicksand by Bridget Mendler one for the name but two let's talk about the lyrics of course I think this is a good song to describe not only how how deeply they're falling into um, the lies that they're about to start telling uh, that we can assume, I guess. Right. Cause he just said they're married. <laughs> how quickly they sort of fell from grace with their whole plan, just completely falling apart. And then of course, Cress falling madly in love with Thorn. And so some of the lyrics are I'm falling in deeper. Can't be saved. No way out of your quicksand. I can't escape. I can't breathe. Take your love and cover me, pull me down. Um, it's it's just a lot of like being in love is kind of like quicksand, and you you can't quite get out of it. You don't really want to, but by the time you realize it's completely engulfing you, it's too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Patreon members will get to vote on which title is chosen. Let's talk about your chapter quote. Awesome. Um. So my quote is, now that they were safe, sheltered, and fed, she was developing a new fear that at any moment, one of these men or women might look at her and see something different, something not quite earthen. 
So yeah, it's really sad that, you know, she doesn't belong on Luna and she doesn't think she belongs on Earth either. It's so sad. She has no no identity. So it's hard to wrap your brain around the loss oh, very of identity much so. in that way. Yeah. yeah. So my quote was when she spotted the oasis, like a paradise before them, a sudden burst of joy clawed up and out of her throat. They'd made it. So much relief. Finally, they finally (laughs) made it. They got somewhere. And it's just, it's a nice moment to have because it has been very stressful. (laughs) And there were times where it's like, I can't see how this is going to end happily. So I'm glad Marissa was able to find a way to, to bring it back around. Right. Yay. And we did get confirmation they are 100% in the Sahara Desert in Africa. Yes. Which is very so. convenient. Because <laughs> so is Cinder. Yay. <laughs> so now we have to look forward to a time when the two of them will be able to cross paths again. Which again, yes. not a spoiler. It said so in the inscription of the book. So <laughs> nobody Yay. at me. Okay. Reunion. <laughs> the ramping crew is growing. Yes, actually, yeah, the Ramthian crew is growing. We got a new Patreon member today. Yeah, this I know, right? Oh my it's gosh. so exciting. That's crazy. I get so excited. I'm like, Quentin, I got a new friend. <laughs> <laughs> Every time a new person joins, I'm like, oh no, another person to see how crazy I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, another person who gets to be crazy with you. <laughs> That's a good way to think about it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So this week there were five Easter eggs. The bonus word hair showed up four times and Captain showed up once. Next week we're going to cover chapters 25 and 26. Jillian, where can people find you on social media if they would like to? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm mostly on Instagram. Um, My username is... G hasty H A S T Y at 98. Uh, really nothing. I ever do anything on it. I don't really post a whole bunch. I mean, I do, but it's nothing of importance. So don't feel obligated. to. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's important. Everyone is important. (laughs) So a big thank you for coming. I hope this was fun. Yes, it was very fun. Thank you. I was really nervous. And like, at the beginning, I was worried. I was like, Oh, my God, my voice is shaking. My hands are shaking. I sound like I'm like attached like a massage chair, you know? <laughs> so hopefully it doesn't come great. off that You way. sounded beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry for everyone so- who has to listen to my voice for so long. I- I'm not. <laughs> So everyone, please keep listening, keep reading, and until next time, don't get glamored. Yay. Don't get glamored. Bye. Bye. (laughs) The passages read for you today are from Press by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Patreon member Jillian. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Angela Wong. Thank you for listening.
You are getting sleepy, very sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. Right, my darling? Yes, dear. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. You will not dislodge the hose and blast air all about the bedroom. You will not wake me, your loving husband, who yearns for even a single night of uninterrupted slumber, please. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. Inspire treats the root cause of sleep apnea inside your body. While you sleep, Inspire keeps your airway clear so you can breathe normally and rest comfortably. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit InspireSleep.com to learn more. Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com.